Hey guys, it's Edge Martinez. They call me the voice of New York. And 50 years ago, hip hop started right here in New York City. And we're celebrating the five boroughs all year long. Check out nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop for cultural stories, events, interviews, and more. nyctourism.com forward slash hip hop. What's up, everyone? This is the Go Long Podcast. Tyler Dunn here with Jim Monis. Jim, I think our volume issue is hopefully fixed. You know, it was a uh, a solid podcast with Connor Orr last week at Hamburg Brewing Company, and then we realized after the fact that we were a couple static robots. Um, the, the good news is Connor sounded great. He looked great. The man is humble as heck. I'll just say it. We We were texting after the fact. He's lost like 70 pounds. He's a running machine. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I couldn't, that. I could see it on the, on the zoom. And then he had a picture on Instagram. I'm like, dude, you look great. What happened? And uh, good for him, man. It's inspirational. So yeah, they, they, they got the stories that they needed to out of Connor on the podcast, which is most important, but you know, we're, we're a couple of uh, podcasting production. Um, hey, I mean, We've been going at this Novices. for a while now. I mean, we Yeah, we, you're right. We we aren't really rookies anymore. <laughs> we shouldn't be. It's like uh don't you always say you get tired when people say they're young? Like that, Right, that right. Yeah. Like the Tremaine Edmonds. Oh, Tremaine Edmonds <laughs> is so young. It's like his fifth year. <laughs> at some point you just can't reference that anymore. It's it's done. He's it's still over. I think he's still I think he gets younger. Like it's his fifth year in the league, but he's 18 now. <laughs> right, he's got his learner's permit actually. Yeah, he just 18. got it driving around Buffalo. Um oh, man. Did like? It's funny. Did did he have like for his weight gain? I don't know him, but was he into? Was he a heavy drinker, heavy eater, just everything? Or not necessarily. I I don't know. I mean, he was never um, this massive human, but he just like runs like a maniac. I guess he says he does marathons and uh, God, I, he was drinking water, as you may remember on the podcast. I, I think that's something he cut out of his life, which. I don't know if we're going to be doing it anytime soon. You know, Hamburg Brewing, by the way, they sponsor this podcast. <laughs> I, I can't even picture, like, I think about the, like, our, when we're there, it's like, you know, the juice boxes flow. You know, he's sitting there drinking water. We're, we're like, we're in our element. It is a different, we are. it is. It's, we're it's always remote right now, there. we should say. We're, we're at our homes. Um, but we want to, like, we, we want to get this podcast rolling at at a more regular clip so even though it's kind of the dead time in the nfl calendar um i guess mildly dead otas and mini camps yeah. are are opening up so you have some storylines there it's definitely quieter but you know there's always something to talk about we just figured with the uh the super bowl odds kind of grabbing headlines recently we just touch on that because it's strange, I think, for everybody here in Western New York, Jim. It's got to be strange for you, even having run the team with Doug, to see the Buffalo Bills as the Super Bowl favorite. They're the favorite in every single game that they're in. You can't necessarily play that underdog card if you're Sean McDermott. You just can't. Nobody's going to buy it because you're the you're the top dog according to Vegas. Well, we talked about this before the odds came out. That's one thing we were on. That the pressure now is on the coach like once you get the quarterback and the team is is in place it's I always think about we always, I hate that we always talk about McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers but let's face it I mean McCarthy was under whether or not it was all McCarthy's fault which we're finding out may or may not have been with the way he plays in the Aaron Rodgers plays in the playoffs but it's always going to come to the coach once the quarterback is established it's just that's just how it is so you accept that as a head coach you want that problem Right. You'd rather be the Super Bowl favorite than praying and hoping that you can be in the in the hunt graphic in early December. Well, and that's CBS what I think will be a fun exercise to do when we talk about these odds. And if you look at the the teams with the biggest odds, you know, the long shots, just go down. the. When we start going through them, we could just go through them quick whenever we're ready. But it's pretty much quarterback. No, no shock, shocker that they're the worst. Then when we take the top teams, 
quarterback. Yep. Quarterback. Yep. I mean, you see Denver Broncos are right in the mix now to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Just because, you know, just like that, like automatic, they, they people assume you have a chance now. And I would beg that I, that one, I would hold off on the Denver one. I have some, I kind of like before. Denver this year. I like them. I need to see, I need to see it. I need to see it. But that's why these teams go to such extreme lengths to hold on to their quarterbacks by any desperation measures imaginable, as we saw with Green Bay, you know, basically letting their quarterback do whatever he wants at this point to, you know, on the opposite end of the spectrum, those teams that don't have one or think that they don't have one going all in on. Deshaun Watson, who, by the way, is going to be the subject of an HBO Real Sports special this week, if people haven't seen it already. It's, yeah, I mean, they're, they're swinging for the fences, whether it's morally, financially, with draft capital. I mean, that's why you do it, right? I mean, I know it don't sound simplistic, but um, you, either, you either have the quarterback and you can think Super Bowl or you don't, and you're just hoping for 2023 that you have a shot at one. Yeah, that... I mean, has it always been that way, you think? I don't, I don't know if it's been to this extreme, you know, early to mid-2000s, even the 2010s. I, I feel like you could talk yourself into competing with a B-minus quarterback, B quarterback. And, and now it's like if you don't have A, you know, start planning your vacations January. Yeah, that's a good that's a good way to say it. I was trying to go all the way back when I started in like 2001 and the the focus was still on quarterback. I mean, I think mm-hmm. that the focus, I think I like how you said that is I think maybe it was, well, he might not be top 10 or however you want to say it, but we can win with him. You know, if we put the other things in place. I think now that's gone. It's enough. Right, of, you can't you can't have that conversation. No. Stop that you're just you're right. That's I've been in those plenty. We can. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's. It, I know it sounds dumb, but it it really no. is like you're a single dude, and you go on a few dates, and you just start rationalizing, right? Well, you know, she. We don't agree on this thing or that thing, and we don't align here or there. But this aspect of the relationship is dynamite. But the, and once you start playing that game, and you start working around the fringes. And you know, trying to negotiate in your own head, probably, probably not the one. Probably not the one. And that's what teams do with quarterbacks every year. You know, you guys kind of did that a few years. It's if the the amount of time we spent trying to figure out that position, man, it's why it's so nice. Like, it makes me feel good to see. Like, it's proof. Like when you get the quarterback all of a sudden you are the nat you're on national TV, every game, you're the favorite to win the super bowl. You are like your quarterback's the favorite to win MVP. He's probably one of the top two or three to win the MVP. I didn't even look, but it's, it's, it goes to show you all the time that you do spend trying to find that guy. It is worth it. I mean, it's, you're not making it up. Completely. I mean, that's why the bills went to such extreme lengths in a lot of ways. They, they kind of, picked up what you guys left off with that draft class. That's something that you guys had discussed doing, studying that 2018 draft class when you were at tempo with Terry and Kim and Doug yeah. and like that, that's what we're targeting yeah. a year and a half in advance. You know, that's, yeah. that's why you do and it. I, you know, I, I'm curious. I've been curious to know. I, I don't, since I've been out of it now, I don't know, but I've always thought I've talked to Doug. I've talked to Whaley about this before, but why don't you just have a almost a two to three man staff that is literally grading every starting college quarterback just from the time. I don't care if they're a true freshman and you are following him at, Hey, I've been watching him now for three years. You know, he's at this, he gets better every year. Hey, he plateaued. This is year three. He is plateaued. I don't see him getting better. You know, just to have that type of in-depth, it's worth it to put that type of work into that position. There's no reason not to. My God. I mean, some of these coaching staffs are laughably inflated. I mean, there's yeah. so many people, like there's so many cooks in the kitchen on so many uh, of these staffs. And I mean, I'm just thinking back to that 2016 bill season with Rex's when he brought his brother on board, I feel like they were, 
five defensive coordinators. It, why not just if you're running a team, have that's such a great point, Jim. Have a couple people that all they do, like they're, they're quarterback connoisseurs. That's all that's on their mind 24 7, 365, nonstop. Even if you have the answer at quarterback, you yeah. should constantly be studying the quarterback. You could do it. I've always thought because I, I think you could do it analytically and make it really efficient and really study it from the time they had their first start to their last start and everything that you saw in his career. And because think about Josh Allen. I mean, if you really study, like I didn't, we didn't study him. I didn't, I didn't see him in college, but you see the highlights. And when you do see some of those throws at Wyoming, you're like, Oh man, those, there aren't many people that can make those throws regardless of anything else. You could just sit there. And and we talk about Mahomes like that too. Like don't overthink it sometimes you're watching a guy there aren't many people that can make that throw that should be an indicator that you might want to pay attention to him a little bit harder and and when you put the time in that that buffalo did you're gonna know okay his accuracy was piss poor whatever it was 52 something percent but he works his ass off and he will surround himself with the right people to fix this and he did jordan palmer Mm -hmm. You know, right there in Buffalo, Brian Dayball, you had the staff in place that was going to work with him, Ken Dorsey. Mm-hmm. So I think, yeah, like, you know, if, if you're, if you really get to know somebody, I mean, we had Matt on and he, he made that point, right? Like a, a, where team saw a dorky disposition or, or inaccurate quarterback. And they mm-hmm. saw that as a fatal flaw, like the bills knew him well enough to kind of sort through that all. And gosh, look at last year's draft class with all those guys taken so high, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, you know, we don't really know what any of them are yet, but you know, one or two of them will work out. Maybe Mm -hmm. three or four won't. Yeah. Don't, don't you want to know every single thing you possibly can with so many jobs on the line? Like you're onto something. Maybe, uh, maybe that's an XFL innovation. eh? I wonder if it's been talked about. You never know. All right. Um, For those who don't know, Jim Monis, Director of Football Operations, XFL. I just think it's worth, that position is worth just sinking as much resource and time and money into that position. It really is. It's it's not as simple as just watching him for a season and, you know, like, oh, this, I've watched, these were his three best games this year. Put that on. You, you really need to see yeah. his career. And Oh, you're not like Dave Gettleman where you just watch the Senior Bowl and fall in love and that's that's that? That's not how it works, Jim. I thought that you judged everything based off of a college all-star game where scouts even leave before the game's actually played, but you, you use that game. I, he, did he say that, was it one series? How many? Full was bloom it? love. Um, was it one saw. series? Did he, he didn't I think need it was, I think it was his first like series one. when he was out there. Yeah. He just looked like a quarterback. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but it just looked like I know. I just, it's hard to believe that you would even say that. But yeah, it's a GM twice over, Jim. Twice over. Cam Newton. All right. Well, let's, let's get into it then. I mean, everything that we're kind of touching on, I guess, is why the Buffalo Bills are your Super Bowl favorites in Vegas as it stands now. I mean, I'm looking at, I think this is DraftKings, they're plus 600. Um, yeah, that's were you surprised? It, it were, no. To be expected? Yeah, I think it's to be expected. When you finish, when when you finish the way they finished last year, where basically that was all eyes were on that game. Everybody really realized the Bills should have won that game. Everybody believes that if they did win that game, they would have beat Cincy in Buffalo. I just think that people play it out like that and say, Hey, this is the team to watch this year. Like it should just be sky's the limit. And that's their expectations to win the Super Bowl this year, the bills. I mean, that's what, that's where you want to be. So, yeah, I think that's a good favorite to, I mean, I think I could see why they're the favorite. What is slap in the face though, to the Bengals? I mean, I, <laughs> let's talk. Okay. So I mean, let's go this route. So this, before we do that, I just, cause I want to see, Cause before I don't want to sit there and like, I like the bill. Like I did on the one pod. I think the bills can win the AFC. No shit. <laughs> um, let's have some fun with this and pick some teams. Yeah. Maybe. So let's talk about the Bengals. 
I like All right, this. so we'll we'll both kind of give the team that we view yeah, as the, the Super obvious. Bowl favorite. Tampa Rams. Everybody's picking those four are obvious. Let's let's find some value picks. We call them value picks in the world of value game. Super Bowl favorites. Yeah. Okay. You like the Bengals? I like Cincinnati. I mean, I I I get it. That's what everybody here in Western New York thinks is you know if they don't botch those thirteen seconds. Of course the Bills beat Cincinnati at home and get to the Super Bowl. I mean, their offense was obliterating everything in its path. I mean, Bill Belichick was taken to the woodshed. The Chiefs had zero resistance whatsoever. I mean, Josh Allen was on a – I mean, that was a historic heater. I mean, really, if you look at his numbers, if he's extrapolating that over two more games, it's all-time stuff. But I, I think it's we're, we're too quick to just – Dismiss the fact that Cincinnati was at Arrowhead and down big at halftime and came back. <laughs> we, just throw, we just forget about it. We just forget about that. I mean, pa- they made Patrick Mahomes look like that string of Chiefs quarterbacks from, you know, the Tony Gonzalez era. You know, Damon Heward and what, Brody Croyle, all those guys. I mean, he looked anemic. And I get it. A lot of that was himself. A lot of it was Andy Reid. But get, give the Bengals credit, Sam Hubbard, Trey Hendrickson, pressure, big moments. Um, the secondary didn't back down from Tyreek Hill. They didn't get let him get loose like he did against Buffalo. And Joe, Bur- and Joe Burrow is, was just completely unflappable. Uh, I like Cincinnati. I think that, you know, their offensive line was an atrocity last year. I mean, really, it was – it, it was bad. And I, some of that might be on Burrow. Like he tends to try to keep plays alive, but I mean, it was, it was not a great line and they addressed it. I think, I think they changed it, what four of the five starters outside of Jonah addressed. Williams. Everybody's new. They've addressed it over. They've tried even last year. I mean, they've drafted that. Uh, they, they really tried. So your guy, uh, Lyle Collins is the right tackle. Now. How great what is that? Could have been. That's, that's, a, that's always a good one. Um, but it's uh, but look, I mean Jamar Chase, what he did as as a rookie, that rapport with Joe Burrow to do that out of the gates. What are they going to do in year two? Defensively, well, I, th- I think they're I think I think they're good. I mean, they drafted Dax Hill as a, as a nickel. I mean, I liked Mike Hilton, but he's solid, and they've they've got enough pass rush up front. That BJ Hill trade, they just absolutely fleeced Dave Gettleman. Not a surprise there in that trade. But I, I just think that Cincinnati, like, why are we sleeping on the team that was in the Super Bowl? Maybe it's the odds. I, I'm not looking at it now, but teams that lose in the Super Bowl, like, historically are cursed the next year. And then it's still the AFC. Like, it's still, you know, do we believe that they're better? I mean, that's the hard part in the AFC. I'm going to talk about another team in the AFC that with some decent odds I like. But – I think that's the hard part where, and we touched on a little bit before the show, but look at the NFC. I mean, yeah, it's boring to talk about Tampa and it's boring to talk about the Rams and Packers, but who's challenging those teams? I mean, San Fran, we, their quarterback is a major question mark. Arizona, is he ever going to take the next step? Dallas, are they ever going to pull? What other, what, what other team, you know, what quarterback is going to, yeah, Rodgers, Stafford, Brady. Something about Burrow, though. I don't oh, see yeah. him. No, I'm with you. I, I, love, I love Burrow. I'm with I you only on see his arrow pointing I, up in year three. It just he's. But, we talk a lot about these quarterbacks who can improvise and and do the extra, but he's got some of that to his game. But it is just that it's extra. It's not the. It's not the basis. I mean, he really is beating defenses with his brain. I mean, what he did to, you know, who I consider one of the best defensive coordinators, Wink Martindale, Baltimore, yeah. who he basically got him fired. Joe Burrow did. I mean, really Martindale leading up to that game. Granted they're the Ravens are down to their, you know, JV squad, whatever it was out there. They're just, just absolutely annihilated by injuries and COVID all that. But he talked a little smack. He said, you know, we're not getting the gold jacket ready for Joe Burrow. And, Burrow threw for like a zillion yards and several touchdowns and kind of stuck it in his face after the game. Like, you're talking about one of the best D coordinators made him look silly. I don't know. I feel like he's going to have answers for teams because he just wins 
with his brain. He does what Kurt Warner always tells us, taking his layup, layups, you know, t- taking the throw, taking the weakness. He always knows where you're vulnerable in your coverage. Not a lot of quarterbacks can do that because a lot of quarterbacks instantly want to use their legs because that's what they've done their whole life. Boom. All right, there's an opening go. That might It's going to look great. It's going to be a highlight. But is that going to last? I think, I think we're there with Josh Allen. Don't get me wrong. I think he's turned that corner. But let's see if Deshaun Watson can really do that with new teammates after taking a year off with what could be a half-year suspension. Let's see if anybody else in the AFC can do it. Um, Lamar Jackson, love, love Lamar Jackson, but you know, health has to be an issue there with the way he plays. There's just a, a lot of concern, I think, with – well, that, I mean, we've seen it with Burrow. He's got there. I mean, that's kind of the team. Um, the two teams that, uh, besides the obvious teams, like Chiefs and Bills, I'm torn between the Chargers and Ravens. Ooh. And I like what the Chargers did in the offseason. Obviously, Herbert looks like sky's the limit still for him. I think the Ravens, if Lamar, you said it, big if, got to stay healthy obviously the health and his, you know, can he do it in the big game? Can he make the throws in the big games? But I think their defense gets better. I think they were a, that team was destroyed last year on defense injury wise. I know they are, their secondary is coming back and that's a wet. I mean, if you add a defense and Lamar stays healthy, they're right back in the mix. So I think the Ravens has some value at like plus 22, 2200. I saw on FanDuel. Greg Roman, OC. We've, we've brought him up a handful of times, but what is this offense really going to look like? So if here's a fun one to think about the hot seat type topics, like it, the if Lamar stays healthy, they don't go. Does Baltimore blame Lamar? Do they move on from Roman, especially after some of the talk? The Bills, if they don't make the Super Bowl, mm. I don't think anything would happen this year. I don't. But I'm just saying, does the pressure start to mount on coach? Like, does Harbaugh, you know, the head coach can always get rid of the coordinator as your first. We talked about that, too. The first, hey, all right, this is my mulligan. I'll take another one. Eric you know, Costa. So. You wonder. Okay, all right. They, they'll blame they'll they'll find a way to Roman would be in trouble I think if they're you know or Lamar I mean it, that that contract looming I think that's an easy decision though no. if you're picking between those two right easy very easy yeah you just never know because you know what's behind door number two it's starting over that's a sad dark place to be which is what I was advocating for Green Bay to do last offseason. <laughs> Take oh. your picks. Take your picks. Having been there, that's why every time you're like, what would you do? I'm like, yeah, I'm boring. I'll keep Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. I don't feel like going through the headache of trying to find yeah, a more developing or wondering. and You'll put up with the uh, the nonsense. Yeah. But it, it is, it's really, the, it's it's incredible how when we look at the good, the good teams, the teams that have no chances, it yeah. pretty much just stops and starts a quarterback and then figure it out it you you really did bring up a good point it does seem just more more than ever now yeah I mean I think maybe because the rules are the way they are now and it's such a, a passing friendly league and scoring league that comes mm-hmm. from the passing game comes from the quarterback turnovers if you turn the ball over you're losing all those rookies last year all the rookies quarterbacks struggled with turnovers right i mean fields had his share he was you know wilson lawrence they all had those three especially trey lance didn't play enough mac jones was hidden you know i thought hidden enough but man any thoughts on just just real quick we haven't really touched on justin fields i mean you studied him a lot last last year you know i love him i think he is like Like they they didn't do much at all for him personnel wise this offseason i mean coaching staff they did luke getsy should be a great teacher for for justin fields a lot better than what they had it sounds like they're actually going to put in an offense that's best for fields skill set where man Aggie was more so 
you know, you're this round hole. We're going to fit you into this square piece. Just didn't make any sense what they were doing. They were, so that helps. But, but personnel wise, I mean, they drafted a receiver who is like 27 years old. Uh, they didn't really sign anybody. I think, I think the key I'm going to pay attention to in Chicago, because I, this is a lot of unknown. I don't know much about this GM. Don't know much about the coach. Um, fields every rookie they need stability that you have to have some type of stability to even get to improve and learn and really groom a rookie that needs some you know they all need some time look at we look at josh allen i mean it wasn't like they snapped their fingers it took him you know he developed they developed him you have to have stability that what they did the fields last year nagy would call the plays one week and you know no you call it this week I'm giving up the duties and it was, it, you couldn't have, you couldn't have done it worse to fields what they did. Um, so I'm looking for stability from the bears to see if they have that for him at least and give him some direction. Cause they do have a really good running back. I mean, I think he's one of the best. I love that guy. That's, that was a great pick by Ryan Pace. I've been critical of some of their stuff, but they nailed that pick. I think he's a good player. Yeah. He's a legit old, legit. 90s That's say. He's just a good, David yeah. Montgomery just reminds you of, just kind of a Emmett, not Emmett Smith, but that kind of just gritty, give him 20, 25 carries, and he's not going to wear down. He'll wear you down. And I wasn't that far off exaggerated on, uh, I believe it's Valus. Valus Jones is the receiver they eventually got around to drafting. He's yeah. 25. He just turned 25. So I was like joking, 27. I was only two years off. You're pretty good on that. Man, all the receivers well, that – Watch, he'll be a stud, and I'm, I don't know anything about him. But It's too hard to even make those. T- I know. It's not even worth predicting that stuff right now. We got to see some things. But, I, you know, Peterson with Trevor Lawrence. Fields has a new quarterback. Lawrence has a new coach. Um, and Fields has a new coach. Uh, the Jets. That was not easy what they went through before last season um, when the offensive coordinator passed away. Um, I can't believe I'm drawing a blank. But – it's horrible. I feel bad. I'm drawing a blank on that, but um, that's think about that. I mean, that was that was a yeah, guy Greg was, Greg Knapp. That's right, Coach Knapp. To think, I mean, that's hard. They they'd already established a little bit of a, a relationship, you know, and that's hard for a rookie to like. So there are some tough things that um, all those rookies really had to face, stability wise. Here's the stat I was trying to think of with teams. Um, that gets to the Super Bowl and lose it. Peter King oh, yeah. had it in his uh, Football Morning in America column. It's always you know, required reading, obviously. But he had Cincinnati seventh on his power rankings, and he started with this little nugget. He said, let's start with the bad. In the last 27 years, only one Super Bowl loser has won the conference championship the following season. Wow. The Patriots four years ago. Um, man. Accepting that Patriots team, the last six Super Bowl losers have won an average of 8.8 games the next year. That's pretty crazy. I mean, if you get to the Super Bowl, you're obviously that's, doing something right. And then to backtrack stat. immediately to 500 stat. consistently, that's like psychological. There's got to be a psychological component to that. So off that, since you're taking him to go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to find their odds to not make the playoffs. Ooh. Cause those might be pretty good. And based on percentages. I don't know. I think Joe Burrow is going to smash some Joe history. Burrow. Love. Burrow. It's hard not to love Joe Burrow. So Where are you at with the Chargers? Where are you at with Herbert? You know, the Chargers are definitely an entertaining. I thought they made some inter- I like they got, they got Mac. Khalil Mac. JC Jackson. I mean, there's a lot to like with what they did. Ah, oh, man. And Peter King had, had them second behind Buffalo. I, I, I don't know. I, and I love Herbert, but, and their coaching style to go for it is, is great and fun and how more coaches should operate games. There's, I don't, I, I don't know really what it is. Something's holding me back with, with maybe it's the division because I'm, I'm so high on, on Russell Wilson. I think Derek Carr, Devontae Adams could be scary. It would not shock me if they just won the division. With Josh McDaniels calling plays, too. We just keep talking about AFC teams, by the way. We do. 
We do. I mean, it, and then obviously Mahomes is Mahomes and as good as Tyreek Hill is to, to get Marquez Valdez-Scandling, Juju Smith-Schuster, McCole Hardman, and tip my tongue, they, they drafted one as well. All for what, 11 mil? It's like nothing. Like they, well, Financially, they're just so smart with what they're doing at wide receiver right now. And then if you like Denver because of Russell – and if you think they can make a legit run, another good bet is then for Hackett to be coach of the year. Like you'll get good value on that too. So that's how you have to think. Like if you think you like Broncos to make a run, you should throw some money on Hackett to win coach of the year. Cause it I all deleted. go together. The apps are deleted from my phone, Jim, a long time ago. They're, they're long gone. I, I feel like I, I, but I don't feel like you had a bad experience. Did something no, I didn't. I just don't want to. I just don't want to go down that road. It's a scary road. It's a scary. It's almost road. like if you're an alcoholic and you just keep don't keep it in the house. Pretty much, pretty much. You know, side note, like I, I've, every, <laughs> there's probably people out there who've read it. I'm kind of a late bloomer to this book, but Atomic Habits, Jim. Don't know. Absolute must read. James Clear, I believe, is the author. Um, this book has been used by professional sports teams. It's been out for a couple of years now. It'll just change your life on how you operate day to day. But the one recent chapter toward the end of the book, uh, he talks about just, you know, with, with bad habits, you lit- if you can just like eliminate what gets you into that bad habit, it sounds so simple, then you just won't do it. Oh, that's but- why I was laughing. Right. So I know it's like, yeah. right. It's so, it's so elementary really, but it, it's so smart. Like just delete your social media apps from your phone. Just get rid of them. I'm doing that right yeah. now. They're gone. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, see ya. And you're, you can pro- increase your productivity, something like 600 hours per year that you'll have freed up instead of just mindlessly scrolling through bullshit. So yeah, you just got to cut the head off the snake and the body will die as a, as a great coach once, once told us. A great coach. We got to get him on the podcast. Greg Williams. Um, We're getting him on for sure. I'm pretty sure that won't be hard. He will, a, I think he, just from my time with him, and I would love to, it'd be fun to catch up with him. Um, he's not afraid to talk. A little book preview, right? We got to seamlessly fit those in the podcast. He was uh, interviewed for Blood and Guts, and it was a lot of fun. He, he yeah. defended some of these tight ends, and we just started talking about the way football should be played, Jim, and he was great. You know, He got into the, the presentation that he gives players that he, for every single team, every single year, on like how you just take another man's will away from him. You got to look another grown man in the eyes and basically tell him, I'm going to kick your ass. It's great. I love it. We should have him on and like give he maybe he could give us the speech. You know, let's bring on bring on some XFL players or prospective XFL players, and Greg Williams just gives him that speech on the podcast. I, don't, I would like to hear what he said. He probably can't talk about it. To be <laughs> honest, he probably can't really bring that. We, but I don't know. He can't be the only coach that's ever said that. Yeah, well, I remember when that, when the Bounty Gate stuff blew up and I was at the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, like everybody, I was doing stories on it, catching up with old timer, not even old timer, like Packer players from the nineties. And I mean, they're like, yeah, we all kind of did the same thing. I mean, it sounded bad taken out of context. uh, Maybe not. Yeah. It's, it, did. it is when you hear it, it, it seems when you, when you hear it, you know, in a cubicle yeah. or in your living room with a two and a half year old and a 10 month old watching bluey, you know, <laughs> it might sound a little abrasive to talk about targeting another man's knee. I get it. But if like a football locker room is just a, it's a different place. It's a different world. I'm not trying to like absolve what he did by any means, but Context is, is, is a little important, I think. Well, that's, you know, I still, I just felt like our team was played fast and physical, that same team. We've had Roman Harper on before. He was part of that defense. Well, did Kurt Warner ever talk about that game much? 
you know what? I've talked to him several times and I didn't like ever that. bring like, it up. I should have. No, I'm just curious to see because I still don't think between that game and Favre and I, I still didn't think there was any. I just thought we were physical. It was it was just kind of like an old school early nineties yeah. football game to me, you know. I I didn't see cheap shots and I didn't see it like that. I didn't think, but I'm also it's hard for me. I shouldn't even say it because I you know I like those guys. I scouted them. I mean, I mean to to me for Brett Favre that was one of his most impressive performances ever. I mean that NFC Championship game. They should have won that game. I mean, you you guys just beat the ever living hell out of Brett Favre. And they should have won the game. He kept getting up. It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. One mistake. Childress, though. Childress screwed that time up. He did. He did. That that was major. Yeah. But that was their game to win. All right. Should we get to some of these uh, questions that we got? Yeah, I'd like to hear some. All right. So uh, if if folks didn't, didn't see it, we just threw out there on Twitter right before hitting record to hit us with your most ridiculous questions nonsense and we asked for utter nonsense so we got we got some nonsense here all right let's go to jason brown loyal reader loyal listener we love jason he asks what is today's nba missing defense mid-range jumpers the supersonics he grew up in seattle i love that one that left shrimp baby hershey hawkins or rivalries and then a bonus best and worst kids tv show oh man i love this one jason okay right, let's start with the nba we were we were bsing about the nba before yeah, we started this is, too this is good Perfect. this is good um what was it his he said what was it defense it's not def, they, it's not the defense that's not the issue um what else he had and, and obviously throw in something else too if you want but he he Positive defense, mid-range jumpers. That's the know. supersonics or rivalries. <laughs> the last two I like. I would like to see Sean Kemp and the boys come back, and then um, you know what's funny? How how crazy? How long? Kevin Durant played for them. In fact, when I was working for the Saints in New Orleans, we. They played, you know, we went and saw him play yeah. when we were there for meetings. And it was like, I, I think about that so much. How It's crazy how what could have been for that team. I mean, to, you yeah. had three Hall to, of Famers. You had, you, had, you had Kevin Durant. I mean. Russell Westbrook, anyway, James Harden. So I go to Seattle and yeah, rivalries. I There really aren't rivalries anymore. I would agree with that. Yeah, I, I wonder if that has to do with just. But, I mean, these, these guys have been playing together since middle school and they're friends yeah. and social media and they're, they're all mercenaries, right? I mean, there really isn't no. star players don't stay with teams. So you're not building up what you saw in the eighties with the Celtics and the Lakers, just loathing each other. You yeah. know, it's just guys are moving. I mean, year to year, you don't know who's going to play for who. So there's not really, it's hard to get it might, it might be rivalries i mean i think that's it i was gonna I, say mid-range I jumpers those, i go with that because the skill level is better than it's ever been it's if the you barrage watch, of just, threes is annoying though jim i mean the okay that's fair enough oh. i'm not talking about just launching threes i'm talking about the ball handling the athleticism the ability to make consistently make threes beyond threes off the dribble like not just set shots you know these guys are making shots off the dribble like step backs those are that's a hard hard skill like not i'm not just talking about running down shooting a a wide open three that's i agree with you that's not skill but these step backs off the dribble that's that's not easy i agree it's just weird aesthetically though to watch it like to watch it no the game's constant you know, the games aren't. There's good. so many picks being set like around the perimeter. There's just like yeah. no action inside the three point line. It's just, it's weird to like watch a basketball game. So I don't like I, I, I appreciate the skill. I appreciate the skill level, but the games aren't that fun to watch. Yeah. I think the fact that you're, if you're a fan of any team, you're like, just constantly living in anxiety. All right, we have this really good player, but is he going to leave us? When is he going to leave us? 
it's kind yeah. of kind of a strange. I'm not even a hardcore fan of any team. It used to be the Charlotte Hornets, but what can you do? I was gonna say, I thought for sure you were gonna say the Hornets. Yeah, it's um, kind of more ironically. I know that's I still that one I've still never understood. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I love that you love them for some reason. Coming growing up here, Ronald James, another OG subscriber. Ronnie, good to see you, my man. He asks, if you take a lasagna and put it on top of another lasagna, do you have two lasagna or one really big lasagna? Ooh, that's a great question. It's a great question. I'm going to say one massive one lasagna. lasagna. That's one, My grandmother one was as Italian as it gets, and she was, oh, my God. She passed when I was in high school, so we, we haven't had her in a long, long time, and I can still taste her food. I mean, I can picture it. I can taste it. I can smell it. And her lasagna, it was just layer on layer. So, yeah, it's just one. So, I'm half Greek, and my yaya makes a spanakopita that I'm just – it ruins it for everywhere else I've ever had it. Like, I can can go anywhere else. That's good. That is good. That is good. It's never as good as yaya's. Like, that's a quality. They just have that quality, like – to make that dish that is not you can't get anywhere else but wait so we'll agree one one big lasagna one big lasagna jason jordan lone star my old college pal at syracuse university living on mount olympus sophomore year jason ass jesus superman batman who are you building a franchise around I'm going Christ myself. Can do a lot of pretty amazing things. Superman or Batman? Yeah. Hard to go I against can't. Jesus Christ. It's uh, that's tough. That's a tough out for Superman and Batman. <laughs> that's a, well, that's a hard one for me to answer. <laughs> Sounds. I, I'll put it. I'll just leave it at this. To me, that's. It's hard for me to answer because we're talking about three, in my eyes, three made-up characters. So I can't. Whoa. Oh, Jim's getting deep. Okay. That's what I'm trying to say. I can't answer that. Oh, man. We might have but to. But if I had to, based on what we're going off of, I'd have to go with Jesus. If all three. their superpowers are what they are, yeah, I'm going Jesus. Jim, I think I think you just might have swatted the hornet's nest. You're gonna We're going to get some gonna get some replies on that one i didn't say anything bad i didn't say anything. no we'll just leave it to the listeners kyle kyle trimble another close close friend of the program who also was a frequent isaiah mckenzie show in person attendant kyle we love you man thanks for listening this is probably the best one we got jim we're really gonna have to think about this one all right there's four people that he bullet points here. Four horrible, horrible people. And we have to rank them. I think, you know, one being the worst, right? So one's the worst. Here are the nominees. The person who does not return their shopping cart. <laughs> the person who gets up immediately after the plane lands. Ooh. Oh. That this so, one for that one for you right now has like Oh, oh man, that this. Oh man, this is this is the same breed of asshole, and I haven't really thought about it, but this is right there. The person who pulls up to the pump at a busy gas station and goes inside first. That's a selfish person. That's a bad, bad person. Bad. Oh man. And this is this is a, an oldie but a goodie. Or would it be an oldie but a horribly? The person who drives in the left-hand lane under the speed limit. Under the speed limit. It's hard. Boy, this is tough. Kyle, man, what a good So, okay, go ahead. I'll just go with your work. Are you going to start with number one being the worst? All right, I'll give you my four right now. Yeah. So even though I've kind of made hay with the whole shopping cart, I think we've reached a point of mass awareness. I think that the movement has grown it's been very grassroots. It has spread like a good political campaign to the rest of the country. And I think by now, by and large, people know you are a horrible, horrible person who deserves to die a fiery, fiery death 
if you don't return your shopping cart. So that being said, number one is the person who gets up immediately after the plane lands, because I'm going to broaden that to that is the same person who is budging and not abiding by row to row deplaning discipline to get off that this is the person who, I mean, the plane lands on time, right? It's not even like there was a delay, but they're, they're so self-absorbed, so oblivious to a civil society and basic human decency that they, they need to nudge and budge and push and poke and elbow and prod and, and work their way up. So it's been said on this podcast many times, but it bears repeating, Jim. If anybody out there is in this position, here's what you must do to save our species. You simply, I don't know if anybody's watching. You just, if you're, you, you get the aisle seat, number one. You want that aisle seat. And then you you, you see it in your, your peripheral vision, right? Like the corner of your eye. You, you, you can sense this, per, like it's, a, it's an anxiety. They just, they just got to get off the plane and they're, they're worried. They're, they, nothing else matters. You sense that person. It's an energy. You feel it. And you just, you stick that elbow out, you know, like, just like you're kind of hanging out. Like that's just naturally how your elbow is. And then you time it. So right when they're ready to budge, you just turn and stick it in their sternum. Just a little nudge. And hey, if, if they say something, if they do something, you just say, hey, I, I'm sorry. I thought this was one of those planes that deplaned by the row. I didn't know that this was a plane that didn't follow basic human decency i had it out with a guy you know i i said it to uh, a hipster kid you know he had his had his headphones in wasn't paying attention just throwing his luggage all over the place budged ahead gave him a quick elbow to the sternum one one elbow at a time we can change the world so that's number one number two shopping cart number three i'm gonna i gotta go left hand lane number four a solid number four is the gas station, but there's, there's nearly no wrong answers here, Jim. No, I, I, I would go with your list too. I, I could, I could flip one and two, but I like that list. I mean, that's, that's strong. My, my, I still think the elevator thing for me, it just touched. It just was so, you know, for Pete Carroll doing that, that I, you can't get off before people. I mean, that's just, you can't let you not let people off. That's just, but I'm not, I'm saying I like that list. Those are all annoying. You know, speaking of elevators and football coaches, I'm looking him up. I think he just passed away. Um, Jim Jim Hannafin, yeah, he he passed away in 2020, November 2020. He's a longtime legendary offensive line coach. I do remember the name, but uh, why did elevators make you think of that? So he yeah he was with Don Coriel, you know, with the Chargers for a hot minute. He was head coach of the St. Louis Cardinals in the 80s. And then he was with the Falcons, the Redskins, and then the St. Louis Rams. We were in an elevator once. I don't know where it was. Ah. God, it was, maybe it was a St. Louis game or the comp combine or senior. I don't, but we had uh, I, we, we talked about football. We talked about life. It was a lot jam-packed into two and a half minutes, whatever it was. But great conversation with Jim Hannafin. So That's you cool. can't have a good experience with an NFL coach on an elevator. Yeah, together. Rest in peace. Yeah. Together. All right. How about one more? Um, <laughs> this is good. Joe Gonzi, another early go long subscriber. Joe, the pride of Casey's Black Rock, right near the Buff State campus. My buddy Vinny Garfalo owns the place. Yeah. You got to go up there, get some beer, get some food. Great, great spot. Vinny does an excellent job. So, and you might, you might see our pal Joe there too. He asks, would you rather run from a bear or swim from a school of sharks? Uh, I, I think you got to go run from a bear, right? I'm, like, running, I'm running bear. Yeah. I mean, I, I, swimming from a school of sharks, I think that you got about a 0.00001% chance of surviving that. Yeah. I'm not, it's not even. That's a good one though. But you know what? This is this could be Joe's point. If you're looking at it as a lose-lose situation and you're doomed either way, the school of sharks, you'd be you'd die, you know, a less painful death, probably, right? Yeah, I'm I'm good with oh, he's saying so you would pick the sharks because it'd be go go fast. Maybe. 
you know, a bear, he might toy with you for, you know, take you off one limb at a time. True. The sharks are just going to go to town. Yeah. I'm still, yeah. I, I can, you can see both sides. I have, I'm terrified of sharks. <laughs> really? You know, you don't think they're cute and cuddly? You're not like those people? <laughs> like bears look cute. Like bears are, I mean, obviously, but man, sharks, it's like, yeah. It just seems so unfair that you could be completely relaxed in the ocean and you're not going to hear it. You're not going to see it, but you're going to feel it. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're too sneaky and, and fast and everything. Yeah. Like I respect sharks. I respect them, fear them. I'll never forget going snorkeling on a family vacation and like middle school in the Bahamas and there were these idiots, a whole family of idiots, parents with their kids. And there was a shark and they're like shaking its tail in the water. I mean, a decent sized shark. I mean, maybe they knew the breed and it wasn't going to bite them, but like, what are you doing? Why? I mean, if you're a dad showing your kid that, I mean, kind of hope the shark just retaliates at that point, right? (laughs) It's probably going to be somebody who grows up and doesn't return their shopping cart. Some budgets on airplane. Like, let's just get rid of this person. Get them out. So that could be. So for scouting, that that's the sign of we need to find out if they ever mess yeah. with the shark. Exactly. Well, really, if you're a scout, I mean, I think that Kyle's list of four things you could throw the elevator in there too. That, I mean, you have question. to ask. It sounds like yeah. Com- these are like combine questions. Yes. God. All right. Another. We got to make notes of this, Jim. Next time we get a player on here. We're rapid firing Kyle's four and then seeing what, I mean, I, if he takes the, if he bites on any of those. I think it's fun. Yeah. Red flag city. It's good. Great podcast. Thanks for doing it, Jim. Thanks everybody for listening. We've got a fun week. Got some good stories coming. Took a little trip to Pittsburgh, hung out, hung out with a uh, player of interest that was very interesting. So I think folks will enjoy. We'll have uh, the details shortly, but thanks everyone.